Welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Live NBA podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I got Rico here. Rico, say what's up. Yo, what's good, y'all? And I got Kev here. Kev, say what's up to the people. Good night. Good afternoon and good morning. All right, we got a lot to break down today. We got the Sixers and the Nets being swept. We got Luca showing off how he is the next greatest thing in the league. Luca Legend. And we're going to be talking about a lot of the other playoff series that happened in the last couple of days. So let's get right into it. Let's start with, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Philly? Get that out of the way? Or, you yeah, know? yeah, let's talk about the bums first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Philly, I have here in my notes, Philly goes bye-bye. Um, they put up a strong effort the last two games, you know, after they were being embarrassed the first two. Um, I mean, Philly has just been a one big disappointment that we've been complaining about here on the show for like the whole year. I mean, with the whole fit between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, we've, we kind of got over that. And then we kind of really focused ourselves on the real issue at hand, which was the contracts of Tobias Harris and Al Horford, who failed to appear in the playoffs this year. Um, I think Al Horford's been averaging like five points per game and like three rebounds, something like that. He got paid $100 million to come off the bench. You got Tobias Harris. He has been lackluster. And the last two playoff series, he hasn't been cutting it for Philly, yet they decided to pay him $180 million this offseason. So, I mean, what do, what do we think? What, what's next for Philly? Um, I mean... First of all, I think first on their agenda is firing Brett Brown. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And after that, I think they got to start shopping. Like, they got to make, they got to decide, are they going to build around Ben Simmons or are they going to build around Embiid? Or are they just going to, like, scrap it and just start fresh? Because, honestly, it's clear that the tandem isn't working. And it's clear that, honestly, Embiid can't win by himself. That At least that's what he's seen this year. So, man, I feel like Embiid didn't have the proper help because I feel like if he was probably surrounded by more shooters and players that could actually enter the ball to him in the post. One thing I noticed in this series a lot, the Sixers don't know how to throw an entry pass into the post. It's like they didn't work in that in practice, like at all. I don't think that's something you have to practice to me. I mean, if you see a player is struggling with it, though, I feel like you should just like attempt to like try to correct that wrong before, you know, in my eyes, it comes up in the playoffs. Player, though, as an NBA player, you mm-hmm. get paid millions. <laughs> a post pass cannot be that hard. Bro. Well, apparently, You've been playing Sixers, basketball for years, bro. You're telling me you can't make a simple pass to the post, bro? Like, and I, I get, I get what you're trying to say. Like, it's something you can practice at the same time. Why must, why must basketball players who are getting paid millions of dollars sit there and practice how to pass a ball into a post, bro? That's confusing to me. Bro. I don't care what kind of, I don't care if it's playoffs, I don't care if it's season. That's unacceptable, bro. On any level of basketball. I mean, okay, middle school, little elementary, all right. Once you reach high school, bro, passing the ball to the post cannot be that hard. Either a bounce pass or a high pass, bro. Simple as that. 
I think honestly, they should just be spending that time maybe on some shooting drills. Get gets like get them get them get them shots up because I mean because honestly, why did they sign Al Horford? He's not going to be a shooter for you. The reason why they signed him is because they realized Boston used him against Joel Embiid to stop Joel Embiid in the playoffs in the past, Sad. and. They thought that, oh, if we take away the Joel Embiid stopper, then we'll be good. <laughs> but no, that's not how it works. It's not how it works at all. And like one thing I noticed from Philly is that they they relied a lot on Burks and Shake mm-hmm. Milton mm-hmm. and Raul Neto to like mm-hmm. get some type of perimeter offense going. And Burks was okay, but like Shake and the rest of them is like that's not what they're here for. And Shake's not a one. Like we're seeing this now. Shake is not a point guard. Yeah, he's a two, he's a two guard. Yeah, he's a two guard masquerading as a point guard. And you know what I love? Yeah. I love how all the people you mentioned, none of them are getting a hundred million a year. They're not. And that's that's crazy how how you see how some teams really sit there and waste money, bro. Sit there and waste money. Number one, Al Horford is 30-something years old. 33, he, I think. Why did you sign him for so much money? Like, on a serious note, like, why did they sign? I understand, okay, he might have stopped Embiid, whatever. Okay. All right. Indeed. At the same time, you have to look at, was he going to be a good fit for your team to begin with? Not, I mean, okay, he seems like one of the players where you could be that over, he could fit on any team. Maybe that might be. I don't know. It don't look like that for this team, you know. In, in that terms, honestly, they they should like. I mean, I can see why because it's like you know maybe Al Horford can possibly space the floor a little bit, shoot a little three every now and then. But clearly, he's not shooting well this season. So it's like that was a bad idea. Tobias, he's a thief. He's he he's not he's not showing up. I don't like. I feel like if any, if there's anyone to to really pick on for like them getting swept, I'm gonna have to say Tobias Harris because Embiid Embiid showed up, and Tobias Harris being the alleged superstar, being that other guy who's getting that that big money, he's superstar money. Yeah, he's got to come out there and at least have like you know like a solid twenty five or something like that. Especially with Ben Simmons not there, that's way more shots than you normally than you normally get. So, man, he got to get out of there. Um, I agree. I agree, big, Rico. Big moves coming for Philadelphia this summer. I I, I extremely I definitely expect Beck, Brett Brown to be fired. Especially, I was discussing with Rico. Before we came on and recorded, I was like, "How the whole thing with Jimmy Butler? Why Jimmy Butler left is because of um was because of um Brett Brown. Brett Brown basically didn't like the way that Jimmy asserted himself as like someone who was very vocal and would criticize anything that he saw wrong with Brett Brown's coaching. Um, ben Simmons took exception to um." some constructive criticism, I would say, of Ben Simmons in a series against Brooklyn last year. He didn't like the way, um, in a group text, he didn't like the way um, Ben's, um, Jimmy Butler told him not to do something in that series. So, I mean, these guys, as you, as you can see, there's a pattern with teams that Jimmy Butler leaves. When Jimmy Butler leaves, the team gets worse. Jimmy Chicago, is just that leader you that got teams need. 
and you got Philly now, and I don't know. It's just it's just sad to see that all this process, all this tanking, has led to this. And I saw a tweet of a of a of like what the Sixers roster would look like if they never traded like. Okay, it says if the Sixers didn't trade Bridges, who the Suns have now on draft night, and literally did nothing but retain their guys after draft night 2018, this would be their roster. Embiid, Simmons, J.J. Redick, Covington, Bridges, Shamit, Shake, Dario, Firkin, Korkmaz, um, Rashawn Holmes, Timothy Lualu, Cabarro, who we see is cooking with Brooklyn. Everybody. and then $18 million of unused cap space and all their own picks, including the one that they used to become Matisse Thibault. That's sad. That's crazy. Bro, that's a whole bunch of young talent that's thriving elsewhere right now that would have been perfect for this team. It includes three-point shooters, playmakers, and people that play defense. So now the question is, is it them or is it the coaching? Yeah, it's management. Because, and it's management... And it has it has something to do actually a little bit with Adam Silver because Adam Silver kind of stepped in, removed the previous management that was there before, and re and instated this new management that took over. And ever since this new management took over, they've been all about like these big fish hunting, getting these big trades, getting these superstars, and all these talent that they developed is over and elsewhere developing, thriving, playing well. And that would have been that's literally I think probably a perfect roster that could have evolved from all of this that came out of um that came out of all those trades that if they never made any of those trades that would have been the perfect roster to, that sits around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and it's, it's a shame that it all evolved into or devolved into what we have now which probably will lead to more guys being traded they'll probably have to use some assets to get rid of those guys in the trade and yeah We'll see what happens with Philly this fall. Yeah, the situation in Philly definitely, I've, it's it's been it's been going backwards. Like you know, it started off interesting. They got the mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, and then now it, it's just like they don't know what they're doing. Like they're panicking right now. Yeah, things have hit the fan. To so, me, by next season, if that boy Ben don't got a jump shot. They got. You gotta go. Can you get your TV on? Say it again. Get your TV on. I'm gonna load it down. But like I'm saying, if Ben, mm-hmm. if if Ben is not shooting well by next season, I think it's time to trade him for a piece. Well, it depends on if they decide to move on from him before they even decide to see if he has a jump shot or not. Very true. Like for example, like trade him for a pick or something. Like for example, I rather low key. I wouldn't even mind even seeing like Lamelo Ball play with Jerome Embiid. I don't think and, that's like, gonna happen. I don't. I'm not seeing it's gonna happen, but something like that. You see, I won't mind that happening, or them training for a pick along those lines, or even them um, getting a different pick, like Anthony Edwards, who go hand the ball. You know, which I doubt is gonna happen. I don't think the first team that we're gonna want a guard who can't shoot, despite how talented Ben Simmons might be. But that's just a little scenario I'm bringing up. But I feel like if you're gonna trade a superstar to better your team gotta be Ben word I feel like Embiid is the more complete player he's definitely one of the best centers in the league regardless of what's going on despite all the politics definitely like the franchise player that you want got the energy you need could definitely market around him etc etc so you know I feel like Ben is more quiet more to himself 
and mm-hmm. cannot shoot the ba- he cannot shoot a basketball. So it was like, okay, who do you want? A guy who can shoot the basketball, or the one, who, or the one you know, can shoot the ball pretty well. I feel like stuff. this series. I feel like this series would have been a would have been a little bit different, probably a little bit more competitive if Simmons was playing. Not a little though. Oh, he more. can't shoot. He provides a lot of playmaking opportunities when he's on the court. That would have probably opened up easier shots for guys on the court like uh, Josh Richardson or Tobias Harris, or even he probably would have got the ball into the post better for Joel Embiid for him to work better down there. So, well, here's what you gotta realize, right? Ben Simmons averages almost a triple-double. Mm-hmm. So, take away a triple-double from, you know, from any team? Come on now, that's what? That's eight less assists, 16 less points, and 10 less rebounds? It's going to be detrimental to that team, bro, regardless. So, like, as much as Ben doesn't shoot, I think that lack of shooting helps that team, so I guess, in a way. Especially when he, and defensively, especially, they had no one to guard Tatum. I feel like oh yeah, Simmons is huge player, defensively for them. That and that's what it is. They didn't have no. If, if you watch those games, there was no defense being played. If it feel like MB was the only one playing defense at one point, Thibault, and it's like, bro, it's sickening to see. But at the same time, it's like Ben is not there, and Ben is literally their best defender. And Pete, mind, mind you, Tatum killed them every game. If Simmons was there, I promise. I mean, okay, that one game he went two from eighteen. I believe, unless that was a, before the playoffs, I don't remember. But um, Ben would have been on Tatum, respectfully, right or wrong. He would have been on Tatum. Most likely, and, I, yeah. and being a defender who he is, I don't think Tatum would have been averaging 30 for the series of the average. He would have had 30 points all those games. Probably a nice yeah. little 22, 24. And Jalen Brown probably would have to step up more, which I, I'd rather force Jalen Brown to step up more than Jason Tatum. Oh, for sure. Yes, so it's like... Without Ben, is like, yeah, um, your best defense is Thibault. Thibault cannot guard Brown and Tatum. And B cannot yeah, guard Tatum or Brown. Yeah, he's a rookie, too. You got to realize he's a rookie. So he's I'm still sorry, learning. but he should have spent all that time vlogging and editing, a little more time in the film room on Tatum. Like, Yeah. Definitely on Tatum. Definitely working on shooting. And his, his offensive game got better. I won't lie. He definitely yeah, got better. I've seen that. But, um... Shout out Kemba, first ever playoff series win for him. Uh, All this time, finally got a playoff series win. Now he had to beat LeBron in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna happen. Hmm. <laughs> nah. Um. All right, so now we're off of that. Let's get to the main event, I guess, of today today's game: Luca versus um the Clippers. Whew, what a game! We had here Luca. Basically, Luca was a game time decision. I don't know if a lot of people remember that, but he was a game time decision. So they didn't even know if he was going to go or not. And then KP was out with right knee soreness. It's not the same knee that he got the ACL um, surgery on, but it is a concern. It is a concern though because he's he's constantly dealing with these knee issues and whatnot. So there's that. But Luca stepped up. What was it? Forty three, seventeen, and thirteen, or something along those lines. And then hit this game winner on Reggie Jackson. I mean, I mean, a lot of people, you know, we're gonna get into playoff porta potty in a minute, but playoff. Um, uh-huh. playoff. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I do want to say this about the last play, Kawhi. You cannot switch off of Luca and put poor Reggie Jackson in that scenario to guard 
Luca while he's hot. Like Luca was hitting all these crazy shots in like the end of the fourth quarter in overtime. You cannot let you cannot let Luca get that switch. He he wants that switch. He wants that switch on um on Reggie Jackson. He got it and he got his shot off. Reggie Jackson is like what six two six one whatever it is, and Luca was able to get his shot off at the buzzer. Simple as that. Kawhi has to stay with him on that play. Kawhi can't switch off like that. And it reminds me. Go ahead, Rico. No, I was just saying that's true, but I was just going to make an excuse for him to say that he had to carry the the garbage bag. The offensive load of of playoff (laughs) garbage? Yeah. (laughs) Well, to me, it reminds me of when that one play where LeBron was a guard KD and he switched. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yep. It reminds me of that. And to me, it's like, at the same time, you got to keep that same energy. Keep the same energy. You, everyone knew, Kawhi knew, that Luka was not passing that ball to nobody else to shoot that oh, shot. of course. So, Kawhi probably, Kawhi probably knew Luka was going to hit that shot. Yeah, you're probably like, yo, it's not getting shot on me. I'm not looking like playoff P out here getting shots on me. To me, though, at the end of the day, oh, that's a foul. Oh, wow, good shot, Murray. At the end of the day, if you're Mr. Defensive Player of the Year and best two-way player in the league and Mr. Clamps and et cetera, and Mr. Defensive IQ, right? Nobody, you don't, no one needed a defensive IQ to know that Luka was going to take that last shot. Like, nobody knew you, like everyone knew Lucas taking the last shot, so Euros like Kawhi to me. Kawhi's responsibility should have been to stay on Luca, not That's switch right. off. No, sh- I, I haven't. I have to watch it tell you over, but there's no reason Reddy Jackson, who is not over six seven, not even taller than Luca, is six, guarding six, six, one six two. He's six two guarding six what six 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 seven Luca. Six eight and Luca. Six eight Luca, right? <laughs> Who's on fire at that? On fire <laughs> in the clutch. Yeah, that's there was a, that's no a big, reason. Yeah, that's I'd a big rather, move. I'd rather even have Paul George get eyed again. I'd rather him get eyed again. <laughs> I, I realize they, they kept Paul George away from him because they're smart. That was smart at the same time, but they're not working. Paul George is going through it. I, I mean, I'm gonna go lie. If Paul George got eyed that play. He was looking ahead of anything. So. <laughs> He would have to be on suicide watch if he yeah, did, yeah. hit that yeah. on him. Respectfully. Like, that's but, too many game winners in like that short amount of time like that. Yeah, bro. bro that's that's not it. But at the end of the day, I don't even think Reggie Jackson should oh no, Beverly's is injured, correct? Yeah, calf injury. Yuck. But I, I don't even think I don't believe that Kawhi really switched off. Like I feel like Kawhi should have been on him that whole play. No one's gonna change my opinion. I don't care what screen came. He should have fought over that screen. Even double if you have to. Don't let... Sh- I feel like that ball should have been in anybody's hand but Luka. Mm-hmm. I'd rather anybody else hit that shot but Luka. You make and Seth I- Curry or Trey Burke. Yeah, Trey even... Burke. I mean, not Curry. I'd rather Burke because Curry's a... You know, that last name. What's that last name? You know how that go. That but, last name um, ring bells. Yeah, that, that last name ring a lot of bells. And he, he definitely ring that bell too for that last name. So, respectfully... So I'll give that to him. But either way, I feel like at that at that moment as a coach, your goal should have been to keep that ball in Luca's hand. And if Luca has that ball, Kawhi needs to be on him. I, so, I said this. 
I said this last episode, Doc Rivers is being exposed as a, as a coach a little bit because, like, he's getting out coached a little bit in this series. Like, his rotations, Definitely. the way he's playing certain players, the, the way he's running his offense and stuff like that is just, like... Not to mention, he has the edge on a talent, too. He, has, he does. He has the edge on a talent. And even, defen- even defensively, they look so sloppy defensively against this Mavericks team. But I know, like... um. That Mavericks coach is pretty good. So at the he end is. of the day, like their and offense the Mavericks, has been like the whole season. And the Mavericks have this is the, the this year's Mavericks have the best offensive um season of any team in NBA history. Wow. Yeah. So in NBA history. Yep. NBA history. More, like over the Warriors with KD mm-hmm. and all. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Wow. Luca's that special. And they and they've been doing this with Porzingis and a whole bunch of other pieces being in and out of the lineup. Luca's been, he's been he's been that good. That's 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 crazy. Yeah, that's that's, so, that's crazy. So my question for y'all is: being at the series is like tied up now. Who do you guys think will win? You think the Mavericks can steal one, or you think I feel like I feel like in the end, when when it's these type of series, I feel like talent always wins out in the end. I, I got I got Clippers. I got Clippers still. Because I feel like Doc, Doc Rivers is going to pull through and notice what's going on. I feel like Paul George probably going to have a good game next game. I feel like he he show up next game despite his disgustingness. I, I, I don't know what word to say. I can't, I can't say the word I want to say. But <laughs> disgust, disgustingness. It's just disgusting. But, oh, okay, um, so let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about Paul George for a little bit. He's been... Let me actually pull up his numbers. How, how, do, how do y'all, I mean, I know we all feel like his his performances have been garbage. I don't really want to ask y'all how y'all feel about his performances, but his last couple games haven't been good. Um, I saw I saw a post on Twitter. It was like, it described his last couple games. Let me actually take a look real quick on how it is. Got a whole bunch of people making fun of Paul George on Twitter all day. He had, He finished the game with nine points today. I know that for sure. Three for 14 from the field. Um, I think one for seven from three. He was absolutely horrible. Um, <laughs> he's he's got to show up. Like this, you can't you can't keep the way he was talking about the way he was like. You remember the back and forth with him and Lillard on Instagram? You would have thought like, oh, I right, PG about to come out these playoffs and we're not gonna see playoffs. Can't anymore. go in three. And we we thought we was gonna see like legit Paul George in the playoffs. And I mean, I we, mean, look we at. Yeah, we were wrong. We were wrong. Simple as that. In my eyes, don't sit there and talk trash at Lillard and then come score nine points. Facts. Because Lillard will not go out like this. Lillard Lillard has his shortcomings in the playoffs, but we won't see him finish with like no, no nine points in a playoff game or nothing like that. I ain't going to lie. There's also playoff Lillard, that bad version of playoff Lillard that we've seen in a couple of years. Oh, past. of course. But it's not as bad as playoff P, who has... To be to me, how much minutes he played tonight? One second, let me see how much minutes he played tonight before I say too much. Okay, if you in my eyes, right? You miss you a superstar. You're supposed to be a superstar, right? In the playoffs, where you're supposed to put, put, turn on that switch, right? There should be no damn reason. In 45 minutes, you scored nine points, bro. All right, so here's his last three games: nine points, three for 14 shooting today. The other game, 11 points, 3 for 16 shooting. The other the game before that, 14 points, 4 for 17 shooting. 
What's sad about PG is like, you know, we know everybody has their bad stretches, but you know, what makes it really bad is when you get up and you do be like, oh yeah, you know, playoff P. And then you have one good game, you know, you have like a 30 ball or something like that. And then the next like five, you you just thinking it up. You like, like we saw that last year at OKC and we seen it again this year. And I feel like if, and even we've even seen it from Kyrie when he was in Boston, where he said, I won't shoot that again. And then he went out and he shot it again. It's like, you never, if you have a bad game, bro, don't get up and say, oh yeah, I'm going to just bounce back and don't bounce back. Cause when you do that, we're going to come for you because you didn't bounce back. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is something mental with Paul George every time he enters the playoffs. I mean, I think it I saw something today about he hasn't, he hasn't, um, he hasn't been out of the first round since 2014. And that was those days when he had like those squads with the Pacers against the Heat. And that's a long time. You understand he had that year where he mm-hmm. wasn't there completely because of the broken leg. But ever since then, he still hasn't been out of the first round. And I, f- I find that to be crazy, which is. One thing I got to say, though, it got to be a playoff thing because before this Dallas series, here's his numbers. He was wilding. He was playing really good. Bro, look at 27, 21, 24, 23, 23, 28, 30. Comes to playoff time, he can't get 15 points, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Mind you, this is a lazy egg. Like, what's, what's up with that? Bro, bro, mind you, this one game he played 26 minutes and scored 28 points. Played 45 minutes in the playoffs and scored nine points, bro. Like, what? I, what's, the, what's the deal? I, I said on Facebook, he's fighting some basketball demons right now. Like, he, he, he he's going through it. Like, uh, he got to get the shoulders right, man. He got to do something. Do some shooting drills. I don't know. I'm tired of seeing him with the ice bags on his shoulders saying it's maintenance after each game and he struggles. I'm tired of seeing that. It's ridiculous. But um one one funny tidbit from this game was Seth had gotten and one on Paul George. I don't know if y'all saw this. Yeah, I saw called him. He called you saw what he called him, right? Yeah. Do you know why he said that? Of course. Yeah. You know the history, right? The get back. It's a get back. <laughs> it was the history with, um, for anyone listening out there that doesn't know this by now, because I think it's been made a big deal on social media everywhere. Basically, Seth Curry is married to um, PG's ex, who happens to be Doc, Wh- Doc Rivers' daughter, who PG cheated on with a stripper who he's currently with. So you follow all that around and you notice all the connections in this series. It's a really wild series when you think about it. It was already wild that Doc Rivers is coaching the dude that cheated on his daughter. And then now he's coaching against <laughs> his son-in-law. Who, I mean, it's, it's crazy when you think about all the connections here. It's wild. It's some wild stuff. This is, this is crazy. But, um, That's funny. Shout out to Seth. He's been cooking. Um, and Trey Burke. Trey Burke out here looking like Allen Iverson out here. Nah, looking respectfully. Like, looking like his Michigan days. You know who you know who could use Trey Burke? The team that got rid of him. <laughs> Sixers. He was <laughs> just on the Sixers this year. That tells you a lot about the Sixers. That he was on their roster this year and they cut him. They cut him. And you know what they need most? Perimeter cre- creation. What does Trey Burke specialize in? Perimeter creation. This is ridiculous. The management needs to be like fired, all of them. This is horrible. I don't know what they be thinking, bro. Respectfully, like, 
understand you think you're doing the right thing, but when when like at one point are you gonna notice like yo maybe we're kind of wrong like. Bro, it's the drugs. They don't know. It gotta be. <laughs> it gotta be something that's really stakes. It gotta be some crack in it. I don't know what's in it. It's something going on. It's something going on. But they definitely gotta. They gotta fix that up, bro. It's not it. Um. Well, hopefully for game five we get Porzingis back. Maybe it makes the series even more interesting if Porzingis can consistently stay in the lineup for this team. Maybe it could end up being a seven game series. I mean, this is probably the best series so far we got so far in the in the bubble. Um, and that was probably the game of the bubble so far, too. That game that we just saw today between the yeah. um, Mavericks and the Clippers. Um, very quickly, let's get to another team that got eliminated today, the Nets. Um, they allowed Toronto to score 100 off the bench. So there's that. Toronto also scored 150 um, in the game today. Jeez. And I think we just expect them to be back um, in the playoffs next year with uh, hopefully a healthy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Dinwiddie and the whole squad. And, you know, maybe they can lead to a title. Maybe not. Who knows? We'll see with Brooklyn. I think I don't think we expected anything from them in this playoffs. I gave them two games um, generously in my prediction. Yeah, I gave them one. I, I gave them, them one. two. I don't know what's up with me. I don't know why I gave them two. But Toronto is just on another level right now. They're all in sync. Mm-hmm. They're they, locked in. They're yeah. locked in and they look like they're ready to repeat. So I'm scared for the Celtics. And yeah, I they play the Celtics. Celtics starting Thursday, game one. Yeah, I'm so. scared for the Celtics because that team's coming in hot. They're coming up with an ego like, yo, we just want a chip and we're back. Oh, good shot, Michael Porter. Like, we just want a chip. And, they, and Nick, Nick Nurse just got what coach of the year as well. Congrats mm-hmm. to him. Right. He definitely deserved it. He definitely deserved that that award. Yeah, no one thought, between him and Donovan. Mm-hmm. Donovan from OKC. Definitely. Because nobody thought, oh, yeah, um, they got rid they got of their best player. Well, not rid their best player left. So, that, yeah, everyone counted them out automatically. Like, yeah, you know, it's clip. Not, not to notice that the Raptors have been, like, Oh my gosh, it's a good game right now. The, the Raptors have been that team. Regardless right. of, like, they've been that team that's been in the play. They're like the, I say that they, they're like the OKC of the East. And it's funny to me how their connection with, what's his name? The guy that got um, in that, that scuffle in the finals. You know what I'm talking about. Your, um, your giant, what's his name again? Masai Ujiri? Yes, him. Okay, so he had him, and they sent him to the Raptors, and notice how the Raptors is looking right they now, did? right? I thought, they, I thought the Nuggets had him. I could have sold him to OKC for a while. Was it the Nuggets? I think um, it was Nuggets. Oh, it might have been the Nuggets. Oh, you, yeah. you know what? It might have been the I could have sold it was OKC, too. But, all right. Even the Nuggets even the Nuggets have a great team right now, too. Yeah. At that. So, like, his effect on teams definitely shows out. Shout mm-hmm. out to him. But the Raptors have definitely been that team for a couple of years that just went to the playoffs. Only problem is they could never defeat LeBron. Nope, and that, that's, that, was, that was just what it is. LeBron just ran the East. And with LeBron gone now, now you really see, you know, who's the real monsters in the East right now, which is clearly, the, I mean, the Bucks is number one. Don't get me wrong. But I don't feel like they're their main favorites anymore. Bucks are a little shaky because now even Middleton is is struggling, and they call him Middleton, um, glorified KCP on on Twitter uh, as a joke now. 
So that's wild. Is that yeah, it's it's not looking good for um for Middleton right now because um he hasn't been playing that well. He's on the same tier as um Paul George and Tobias Harris right now. It's playoff duds. So Yep. Um, speaking of Billy Donovan, let's actually transition to OKC versus Houston. Uh-huh. You guys, um, Chris Paul is your guy, Rico, and OKC is your team, um, Kev. Uh-huh. Uh, the difference, actually, so the first two games, they've been actually, the first game wasn't that close. Second game was a, actually a little bit closer. And then that last game was really, really close. Because OKC finally got their offense going as well as their defense was really doing well. I know Harden finished with 38 points, but um, shout out to Lugans Dort. Uh huh. And the clamps on Harden the last couple games. A king. All right, so this is the thing I noticed from, from game two. Game two, that was the first game Dort played. He had Harden two for 12, one for nine from three guarding him but didn't use him in the closing lineup. And that's what messed up OKC in the end because Houston was able to take advantage. James Harden was able to take advantage of Dennis Schroeder on him and Dennis Schroeder is food to him. Like Dennis Schroeder does not bother James Harden at all. I don't know why Ben Donovan thought that was okay. And he finally changed it in game three when he took out, um, he took out Gallinari, which I wasn't really that happy with, but, I'm glad he put in Dort. I'd rather have him have taken out Chris Paul, but then Chris Paul actually showed up this time in the fourth quarter on, like, the past two games. But, yeah, my closing lineup recommendation for OKC was actually Shea, Dennis, Dort, Gallo, and Adams. But then CP3 showed up in game three, and it's like, okay, I guess you can keep CP3 in. So how do you guys feel about this series now being 2-1 instead of being, like, 3-0? Well, um, first... I I was kind of disappointed in the first game mm-hmm. when they got blown out, and then honestly, once they went, once Houston went up two zero, I I thought the Rockets was going to go for the sweep, but Chris Paul showed up, which is the reason why they won. And I feel like in the other two games, Chris Paul wasn't as impactful as he normally is. So I yeah, feel like the team, minus thirty six yeah. in game two. Yeah, and that's just that's just really not like him, honestly. So I feel like. Houston still might win it maybe in like six games. Probably. Probably, because honestly, Houston Houston has been playing really good too. I'm also, I'm actually like really shocked at how well the like Houston's been playing defense. Like they've been like rotating really well. They've been like mm-hmm. running the floor. Like Houston's been looking good and, and they seem to be hitting shots right now. So they, it can be it can be real scary soon if they just, you know, keep clicking. The one thing with Houston that you have to worry about is if they have a cold stretch. Because in game two, they had a cold stretch and OKC didn't take advantage of it. They went, they, they missed 15 straight threes. And everybody was like, uh-oh, is this going to be game seven against the Warriors again? But then they started to pick things back up and then OKC never got a chance to really take advantage of it. But if this happens again in this series or even further down the road, other teams are going to take advantage and capitalize on that. So oh, yeah, definitely. that's one thing about living and dying by the three that when you don't really go for those mid-rangers. Well, um, one thing I got to say, um, the thing about Oklahoma, OKC loses whenever they try to outshoot a team. And it's been like, it's been like that for years. Like for years, 
every time we try to outshoot the team, it never worked. And I've been watching us play for a while. And whenever we sit there, we, we pass the ball, get some mm-hmm. mid-ranges, et cetera, is when we're the best offense, right? So watching those few games, the first game I was like, I was scared. I was like, wait, I can't believe we're getting blown out like this. I thought we're no Westbrook, you know? It would have been like, okay, you know, maybe we could have did something. Game two is also disappointing. Even though, it was, I mean, they missed 15 threes in a row. We didn't capitalize. I think we were trying to shoot threes with them, I believe. Mm-hmm. Game three, I watched. I, I, I got to watch that game because I wasn't at work, thank God. And um, it was, it was I'm not going to lie, it was a, it was a nerve-wracking game because I didn't want Houston to go up 3-0. And CP3 delivered in a clutch as long as, as Shy. Um, game two, Shy didn't show up. Shay, is, no, Shay did actually have. A, he had a good game too. It was game one. Oh, so game show. one. Okay, I'm okay. So game, game one. Oh yeah, thirty-one. You're right. You're definitely right. You're definitely right. But game one, Shy didn't show up, which is why I thought you know maybe that's why game two he and, showed and up. Dennis wasn't having a good series either too. Mm. Until game three. Game three, he showed up with like twenty-nine points. I think it was. So he yeah, played and that's too. that's great and that's that's beautiful. But the problem, the 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 problem I see is when OKC shoots. They try to. Force that three, and when that happens, that team it doesn't it doesn't go well, and I feel like the, I, the another thing that's bothering me about the series is Stephen Adams, because mm. I feel like against the shortest team in the league. Don't get me wrong, I know they prepared to, to guard centers, but Adams is one of the strongest guys in the league. You know, one of the strongest centers in the league. So mm. I feel like I don't care if it's Covington or Tucker. That should be baby food for you, bro. And I see, yeah, I don't know how much touches he's getting. And I've seen he got the ball a few times and missed some easy layups and stuff. I understand that. But let me see. I feel like Billy Donovan should make it a goal every game. Like, yo, bro, I need Adams to at least have 20 points, 15 points every game that you play. Or at least and crash so, the boards. At least crash the boards. Yeah, and so yeah. far, he's only had 17. 17 and 12 the first game, 8 and 11 the second game, 6 and 13. So it's like, why is he not getting over 10 shots a game? It's also something else I'm questioning. Because as the biggest guy on the court, with no one else to guard you, except for Tyson Chandler, who doesn't play, he's too, too, too slow. Why is your center, okay, it says he's injured here. Okay, understandable. But I think he got hurt in one of the games. I don't remember which one specifically, but he did get hurt and he was like down for a bit. So I And know. I see that. But at the same time, why is he not getting 10 shots a game? Why is it not your goal to get the biggest man on the court 10 shots a game? I know the shooting threes, et cetera, but get him going, you know? The more mm-hmm. you get him going, the better the team. I mean, his defense hasn't been that good either. He's only got one block for the series. Like, It's hard for him because OKC doesn't take a lot of paint things. And when they do, Steven Adams usually has to help off of P.J. Tucker, and then they usually kick out to P.J. Tucker, and he has to run out there and stop the three. So it's it's been a rough series for Adams because, like, he's he's stretched thin because of um, the way that we know Houston likes to play really small. So he has to really kind of go out there on the three-point line. And you know, a lot of these big men, they're still not used to going out there and stopping their man on the three-point line, so... At the same time, though, it should be no reason he gets less than ten shots, though, in this series. Like, I think, I think that I think OKC is trying to beat them more with their guards. With like, they're trying to get um, guys like Shea and um, Dennis going, and, and hopefully they get and CP3 going as well. And I don't see that working in their favor, like hundred percent in my eyes, because you're not this gonna series, sit there. Yeah, and this match series is not. Up. 
this series is not a good um it's not a good matchup for OKC, especially for Chris Paul. Chris Paul is someone that likes to take advantage of bigs on switches. And Houston has no bigs to take advantage of. Everyone out there can stay in front of Chris Paul reasonably because Chris Paul doesn't have that same burst he used to have in the past. So that's why he's able to take care. He's, to, he's able to take advantage of those bigs. When no bigs out there, there's no one to take advantage of. So he has to kind of get his buckets a little bit harder. True. I also, I mean, there is basically, I need, I, I wish he got some more minutes. I, I wish he got some more opportunities to play. He was playing some good games for them he previously was. in the bubble. He and was, I feel like, you know, these coaches, they like to shorten their rotations when it comes to playoff time. And those more, those less experienced guys get a little less minutes too. Which is understandable. But like, I don't know. I, I just personally think that Adams needs a bigger role for them to do something and that Gallinari He's doing his thing, though. Shout out to Gallinari. He's doing mm-hmm. his thing. Shooting well, not not shooting bad, getting some points up, getting some boards. Not too much boards. He could he could also put get some more boards. But, you know, that's not his thing, I guess. But um, definitely, I feel like Adams should be a bigger role for OKC for them to do something. CP3 has to step it up. Shy, Shy had a, a bad first game, but, you know, Runners Westbrook supposed to come at like game six, they said, if they go to game six. I don't even think they're rushing Westbrook at this point. I think they just might play this whole series without him and bring him back for for round two because round two they might play the Lakers. Mm. One thing I got to do, though, is shout out to Eric Gordon, though. He, he's been a problem for Oklahoma and other teams as well. So shout out to him. Um, Hardest other- shooting does concern me, though. But I, I thought we it, talked about that, that already. Why? Because of Dort, probably. Dort is the only thing that's bothering him, honestly. Because I saw someone on Twitter was like, as soon as he leaves this series, next series he's going to have to do with guys like Alex Caruso and KCP, and he's going to have a field day with those guys. Oh, yeah. He's going to, oh, my gosh. Oh, my. I know he can't wait for the Lakers. <laughs> he can't wait for that Lakers series. I know Dort he can't wait for that Lakers. Oh, yeah, definitely. I know he can't wait for that. Oh, yeah. Russell, I know Russell can't wait for that series either. That's gonna be They're a great take series. Advantage of those guards and those bigs, Lakers have a problem with. Mm-hmm. But AD's gonna have a field day too. I don't know. He struggles a bit against PJ Tucker. I think the last round, last matchup they faced against each other, he struggled against him. I don't know about the mm-hmm. other time. But yeah, well, that makes basketball issue. is here. So we're gonna see People, people think I'm picking on AD on certain social medias, but AD has a tough time dealing with physicality. He likes mm-hmm. to think he's a guard still. So he likes to play like a guard. He likes to like take long twos, threes. He doesn't like to bang down on the paint. Like when people ask him if he's a big man, he doesn't like that title. That's why he doesn't like to play the five. He likes to be like the power forward because he feels like he's closer to being a guard. So understandable. I mean, AD, I feel like he is more of a guard to me than a big man, though. When you watch him play. Cause I was watching him play. He's doing what? Step back, step back, mid ranges, threes. Some of these series, he's got. He's got to be a big. You got to go down low. You got to bang. Cause you can. You can play down there. You're just choosing not to. Also, to me, is whatever works too as as well. If it's working, I feel like the guard thing is working. But for sure, you, I, I understand what you're trying to say. Like later on, other teams, that guard business probably not gonna work out for him pretty well, especially against a perimeter team like the Rockets who mm-hmm. might defend that better than the, uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and those bigs, Hassan Whiteside and Nurkic, are not known for guarding perimeter, you know? So yeah. I see that's why he's eating there. So I, I, second round is going to be very interesting, for sure. Very interesting. 
Very um, interesting for sure. Some, some other first round matchups before we finish up here, I want to get into just quickly. How are we feeling about Miami versus Indiana? There is the possibility of Sabonis possibly returning. He is in the bubble now, but Indiana would have to extend the series in order for him to possibly return because he has to clear quarantine. But so far, Miami's been taking advantage of um, Indiana right now. How are we feeling about that series? Thank uh, I definitely got the heat. Definitely taking that. Maybe. Sweeping? Nah, I'd probably say in like five. So you think Sabonis might get a chance to return? Yeah, he might get the chance to return. I think it's just, dep- it all really depends on if TJ Warren can actually like lead that team just to keep them around longer. <laughs> TJ Warren has been having, he's been struggling. Like they're giving him fits, Miami. Yeah, because honestly, that's the matchup they wanted. Because I remember earlier in the season, the TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler thing. Mm-hmm. This is what they wanted. And clearly, before, like earlier in the bubble, we were we had TJ Warren as like bubble MVP and like all this other stuff. He was playing great. But now with the pressure on him, once once the focus shifted from it being like Oladipo's team to like TJ Warren kind of being like that main offensive threat, that's when it just got shut down, that entire parade. This Indiana team has like gone through so many phases of whose team it is. Like at one point in there during the season, it was like Malcolm Brogdon's team because you know Malcolm just got there and he was cooking up with Noel Depot and Sabonis was just figuring out his role on the team, I guess. And then it became Sabonis's team for the majority of the season. And then right when the bubble started to kick off, it was like, hmm, Oladipo might come back. Maybe it's Oladipo's team again. And then TJ Warren just started going nuts. And then it's TJ's team. And now TJ's struggling. And now with the, I guess it's Oladipo's team again. So, Kev, I don't know. How are you feeling about Miami? Well, I definitely got Miami in that series. I've been had them in that series. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, Especially because I feel like Butler's leadership does a lot for that team. But um, at the same time, Pacers, they disappointed me at the same time. I expected more from them. I expected this to go seven. But then they are missing their best player, who is arguably Sabonis. And he's like, he's at the Jokic for that team. So I understand why they're struggling crazy, you know? So Mm -hmm. I I, got to give it to them. TJ, I didn't expect him to get shut down crazy like that, though. I didn't think he going to get shut down that. I mean, okay, I know he's a bucket. He's been a bucket. But let me – I, I got to go see his stats. I haven't been – I know it's not that good. And I know he hasn't been wilding out like he was probably – This series, playoff. he's averaging less than 20 points per game, I think. So what I'm seeing here is 23, 14, and 22, which is not terrible. It's not terrible. He's shooting over 50% for the series. So, you know, I got to get five steals last game. and still. I mean, last game he did his thing, but I guess this team is just not doing enough. That Patriots team does need a little more work. I feel like they're still missing that one piece. That I mean, they, they Robinson had a good game for them last game. Thirty-four nah, points, he, seven rebounds, yeah. fourteen assists. That was a he solid game. For he wild out. And but they still could the Yeah, because those Heat boys is crazy right now. I can't lie. Robinson, shout out to Duncan Robinson. Oof, yeah, he's on fire. Shout out to Duncan Robinson. He's literally been like, I don't know, bro. He's he's unbelievable as a rookie. Not to mention, he came the way he came into the NBA. He shouldn't even be there right now, but he's there and he's doing his thing. Shout out to him. Jimmy is taking leadership. He's not shooting well, but he's still taking leadership. He's playing defense. He's doing his thing. There was a huge free throw disparity, though, in the last game. He took 52 free throws and the Pacers only took 28. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Heat were the more aggressive team. Oh, of course. Uh, So, I mean, 
when you look at the threes taken, the Heat took a good amount of threes. So did, I mean, all right. I see where it went wrong. But, I, I mean, Robinson doing anything. Dragic. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Dragic as well. Oof, yeah, Dragic's been Dragic is somebody who always shows up. That's the funny part. Of on course. any team he's been on, he always shows up when it's, when it's needed. Shout out to him. And, you know, even Iguodala getting some good minutes in as he plays. Yeah, he plays in, like, their crunch time lineup. Yeah, so, like, shout out to them. I do. I don't think Sabonis is going to help them get wins, get four straight wins, or get them, you know, in the, the second round. So, yeah, sadly to say, that. they'll be gone. And I am ready to see them against the, the Bucks. I want to see how the Bucks going to operate against this team. That's going to be a very interesting. I'm, I'm, the second round is going to be full of it. And very interesting matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, other series I want to get into that's actually on right now, Denver versus Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the one thing that's been sticking out like a sore sore thumb in this series, Michael Porter Jr. on defense is just lost. Mm-hmm. Like every time he's on the court, they're hunting him in like pick and roll situ- situations. Every time Donovan Mitchell sees Michael Porter on him, he, he's always looking to score, always. So today in today's game that we're watching or. Yesterday's game, if you're listening on Monday, which is when this episode will be out, um, they decided to go to a different lineup today, Denver, with um, Monte Morris and um, Jeremy Grant in the starting lineup to be, I guess, a more defensive-oriented lineup. But And they had Michael Porter Jr. come off the bench. So how are we feeling about Michael Porter Jr.'s struggles, I guess? Uh, I feel like he's still young. I feel like... Mm-hmm. I feel like this is just him showing us, you know, his inexperience, really. Yeah, inexperience is showing OD. Yeah. I feel like he'll get better, at least defensively. Because I feel like he has the the tools. He just, you know, doesn't have the experience to really put it together. Yeah. It's like something – it's like reps. You need more reps in it. Yeah. Well, um, in my eyes, how I see it, it's, uh, he's still supposed to, supposedly a rookie, and I don't feel like they teach you defense, you know, in your off season or when you're not playing. They're more focused on offense. So, of course, we're gonna see him. I feel like he's gonna be a good defender in the future for sure. He has the potential. Did Donovan Mitchell injured? No, he's oh, good. not. Okay, good. But um, I feel like he will get better with defense. Over time, I feel like next season is going to be his, I mean, you can have that breakout season for the Nuggets and be that third, or even be the first. I mean, I, I can't I can't even tell who will be the better first option between him and Jokic because Jokic is that guy. Don't get me wrong. Jokic get busy. Jokic is probably number one because of his, like, playmaking ability as well. For sure. So, if he's number two, I could definitely see him being that guy. I guess I'm over that hump. But defensively, he could definitely fix that up. Um, I don't think it's a big problem for him. I think it's something he will get over with. I just got to make sure he's healthy. I think his health is the main concern, especially mm. with his history. Oh, yeah. Donovan Mitchell got 48 tonight, as he should. Do your Ooh. thing, boy. Yeah, he's doing his thing tonight. Shout out to him. But, um, yeah, MPJ definitely got some work to do. Murray, I feel like he could definitely be more consistent and be a, a better defender at that. I, I feel like his defense needs some, The whole Nugget teams, the, the, the whole Nugget team defense needs some work in my eyes. Oh, yeah, for sure. They've been lacking because they don't have Barton or Harris out there. Oh yeah, and some of their better perimeter defenders yes. along with um, Craig. Yes, I fo- it's funny how this, these games are so close, and I forgot they mentioned two of their, their starters at that. 
Yeah, Gary so, Harris is, is still there, but Barton actually left the bubble to do knee treatment because his knee soreness has been like, I guess, lingering for way too long. So he's he left respect. the bubble for treatment. Which so. I can respect. That's a foul. That's a foul, which I can respect. But um, also, like, the Nuggets, I had them going over to Jazz, but the Jazz has more of their team, I guess. I don't know. I don't feel like the Jazz is the better team. I feel like the Nuggets is a better team. But probably, I feel like probably the coaches is out coaching the Jazz. The the I, the I think this series is being determined by coaching. Oh yeah, that's what's going to show a lot in these playoffs is um who what coach has the better game plan, what coach is like making more adjustments and stuff like that. And that's really going to make the difference. Um, shout out Mike Conley, twenty seven points the other day, um after having a baby. Similar to the Fred Van Vliet situation where after he had his child, he just started going crazy with the threes and whatnot and scoring. So if you want to succeed in the NBA playoffs, um, have a child. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Um, last series before we wrap up, LA versus Portland. Do we think it's over for Portland at this point? Yeah, 100%. It is? I think yeah, they have another you? game in them. You do? I think they got another game in them. Um, I feel like Portland has one more game in them to win, and then LeBron's gonna be like, "Okay, um, I'm going to second round." Um, yeah, Bron had a really good game last game. I forgot it was like 38 or something. Um, sh- shout out to Melo having a strong third quarter, showing us some vintage Melo had like 13 points in that in that quarter. Yeah, that 10 point game by Bron that that was very like confusing to me. Oh, game like, two. I'm- yeah, I'm watching it. I was kind of like, wow, this does not look like LeBron James. Because he had AD bro. control, I think. He was yeah, like what? willing to get – I think he was just willing to let AD be in control of that game. Which is understandable, but then the turnovers were not explainable. Oh, yeah. And 10 points from, you know, one of the best scorers ever to play despite, you know, it's also not acceptable. But, I mean, he shot out last game like I expected. And that's one thing. One thing I don't like is whenever people count out LeBron after one bad game. Because we got to realize, this is greatness we're watching. I know it's not Michael Jordan. I know it's not Kobe Bryant. But this is LeBron James. He's definitely up there in conversations. And I don't, despite how much I, I'm not really, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. But I, I always have respect for him in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, you know? Like, I told everybody, after that 10-point performance, he's going to go for 40. And it's not the first time. Then I forget when he had seven against the Pacers and then wild out the next game. You know, or when he had yeah. a bad game in the finals, and it's something. You know, it's funny. LeBron does it literally every single year. Every sure. year he has that it's one bad time. game, and everyone counts him out automatically. And I don't like that. Well, I mean, I guess it's just a pattern, and people just always want to see LeBron fail. Um, one thing I will say is that there was poor coaching. There's been poor coaching by Terry Stotts this whole series, and for a majority of things. Um, but in sp- sp- uh, specifically, I want to point out in the fourth quarter, Nurkic was gassed. He wasn't really providing anything for the Blazers at that point on the court. I, I see that. And he was basically a liability out there. Why not throw in Wenyan Gabriel, who actually does a good job of guarding Anthony Davis, and put him out there on the court to, I don't know, neutralize AD to a point where he doesn't have the same impact that he was having? Because with Nurkic out there, it was just he was he was done. He couldn't do anything. He was he just looked done. Uh, I'd like to see more improvements by um, Stotts, but I know a lot of Portland fans are probably already used to him not making 
that many adjustments at all, if any. So, yeah. Um, um, I don't. I mean, I, I don't get what coach will be running through their mind sometimes. Because if if someone who does who's not a coach could sit there and be like, yeah, Gabriel should have been in that play. What are you thinking as a coach? Like, I really be wondering what they have. Think. They have a set mindset when it comes to the playoffs because they like. Ooh, like they do things a certain way and they just want to keep it that way. And I said on Twitter, I was like, I think certain coaches, the reason why they're still coaches is because they just consistently get to the playoffs and that's about it. Cause like even they, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do a little throwback years ago when Frank Vogel literally took out his best shot defending center, Roy Hibbert in the clutch. Or even when Popovich took out Tim Duncan, that one play oh, yeah. in the clutch. Like in, in, in the finals, like, I don't know what, I don't get what be going through their heads. Like, why are you taking out? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I never understood that. And then every time they take it out, you see the results. Like, he took out Roy Hibbert, there goes LeBron with a wide open layup. That Roy Hibbert probably would have been able to block or, you know, contest. Or there goes Chris Bosh getting that rebound and passing it back out to Ray Allen. So it was like, what is going through your head at that time, you know? Yeah, these coaches, they be having some hiccups. Hopefully they, I mean, this is the point where it's going to get exposed the most, most in these scenarios because there's no other external factors of home court and whatnot. But that is it for today's episode. Make sure y'all subscribe, leave a review or a rating down below if you enjoyed. Five stars, preferably. Check out the links in the description, podcast website blog website um what else twitter page and the instagram page and that's it peace